Let's pick up the day in John chapter 20, and I'm just going to read two verses here, and then uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more of the story. Verse 1, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. And saw that the tomb had been taken, the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, talking about John there, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. What I find fascinating here is Jesus had been telling them, I'm going to die, and I'm going to be raised again on the third day. They get to the point of the crucifixion Jesus dies they show up on the third day his body's gone and the stone is rolled and yet still they don't recognize that scripture is being fulfilled and Jesus has been resurrected but they think his body has been stolen Mary Magdalene runs back and she finds Peter and John and and she says guys his body is gone they took it they stole it they did something with it You can imagine the confusion, you can imagine the fright, the worry, the the lack of understanding, what is going on? But we know that Jesus was raised from the grave. And over the next uh, month or so, Jesus appears to over 500 people. And, and he shows himself to them. And he shows them the nail scars in his hands and in his feet and the spear piercing in his side and he, he changed the world forever. He comes to Mary and the angel says to her something very important. The angel looked at her and said, Mary, Jesus is alive. I want you to go and I want you to get Peter and the other disciples And I want you to tell them to meet Jesus in Galilee. This is a very important statement because earlier Jesus had said to Peter, uh, after after I've gone, after I've been resurrected, I'm going to meet you in Galilee. And so when the angel said, meet me in Galilee, it was literally quoting what Jesus had prophesied would happen. It was a sign to them that I really am alive. But interesting. Peter had denied Jesus. He was not at the, at the crucifixion. And yet, the angel says, go sit, tell the disciples and Peter. Why Peter? Well, because if you back up to Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Jesus had spoken something over Peter. He asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they answered, Jeremiah or Elijah or John the Baptist or one of the prophets. But Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Peter was a man of faith in Jesus. Peter was a bold man, an outspoken man. He wasn't afraid to say, thou art the Christ. Well, why would he need to be afraid of that? Because to say that someone was the Christ, the Son of God, was was considered blasphemy. And yet Peter said, I got enough faith in you, Jesus, that you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. 
and whatever comes may come. But I have enough faith because that's the kind of man he was. It's easy to bash on Peter, but in Matthew chapter 14, just a little while before this incident, They were out in the boat in the midst of the storm and they're crossing over and Jesus was on the side praying on a mountain and he saw their boat out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and it was being tossed to and fro. And so Jesus comes walking out on the water and as they see him glimpsing through the storm and the rain and the waves, Jesus says, do not be afraid for it is I. And it wasn't John and it wasn't James and it wasn't any of the other disciples It was Peter that said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come unto you. And Jesus said, come. And it was Peter that stepped out of the boat. And in the middle of a storm, he went walking on water. I don't know about you, but I cannot make the claim that I have ever walked on water. Peter was a man of faith. But Peter was a man... Of failure also. Peter didn't always get it right. He took his eyes off of Jesus and he started sinking. Peter was sold out to Jesus, but at the Passover meal, Jesus tells him, uh, Peter, you will deny me three times before the morning. Peter didn't believe him and he argued with him. You see, Peter's denial followed a very distinctive path. One that I want to take you on today and ask of yourself and myself. If you're watching online, we're asking of ourselves, are we anywhere in this path? The first thing that Peter did on his path to denial was Peter was boasting. Peter was boasting. He, was, he, had, he had allowed pride to well up in his heart. He said, even if all should deny you, I will never deny you. Peter had, Peter had built him up that he could do something. Jesus is saying, you don't even know what's coming. You're going to all fall away from me. And Peter says, not I. I will never do it. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that pride comes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. The message Bible says it like this. First pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Didn't your mama ever tell you, never say never? Even if all should deny you, I will never deny you. Wrong answer, Peter. Pride had built up. When pride builds up, builds up in our heart, we, we start out in the scripture that says, I can do all things, but we forget the part that says, through Christ who strengthens me. Peter's life is a picture of this proverb. He got too big for his britches, as my dad used to tell me. Is there pride in your life? Strong Christians can fall when pride enters. Have you ever said the words, I will never deny Jesus? I live my life in such a way that I don't want to ever deny my Savior. I don't want to ever uh, turn away from Him. But I also live my life in such a way that I am humble, that I don't know what road's ahead, road lies ahead. And I know that without the power of Christ alive in me, I may not be able to stand what the devil puts in my way. So I turn to Jesus and I say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The second thing that Peter did because of his pride, Peter began to argue with Jesus. Now, now listen, I'm just going to tell you something. 
If you find yourself in an argument with Jesus, chances are really good that you're wrong. Have you ever had an argument with your three-year-old? The chances are really good that that three-year-old is wrong. And I wonder how many times Jesus is looking down at us and saying, you're arguing with me, but I was here before time. I saw you. I created you. I made you. I know what's coming, not because I'm guessing, not because I'm smart, but because I'm outside of time and I've already been to your future and I know what's there and I'm coming back to tell you. But no, you want to argue with me. Arguing with Jesus is not a good plan. Arguing with Jesus will never lead you around, down the right path. And yet that's what Peter did. Even if all should deny you, I will never deny you. And Jesus said, truly I tell you that this night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And, Jesus, and Peter comes back and he says this, even if I must die with you, I will never deny you. It's a mistake to argue with Jesus because Jesus knows Peter and Jesus knows you better than you know you. Peter, Jesus knows you better than you know you. Here's what Jeremiah said in chapter 17, verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Well, the answer is simply this. God does. He knows our heart. And if he's saying something to you, it's to prepare you, it's to warn you, it's to caution you not to argue with you. He sees something in us that we may not even see in ourselves. So Peter was boastful. And then he argued with Jesus. Not a good idea. The next thing that we see is that Jesus, after this supper, after this conversation with Peter, he takes his disciples and he goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane and he begins to pray. And he prays and he prays. He's praying so violently, so intensely that the Bible tells us that drops of blood began to come from his head. I've never prayed quite that strong. (laughs) But we find Peter. Instead of praying with Jesus, we find him sleeping. The third step to Peter's denial was he was sleeping instead of praying. There is a time to rest, and there is a time to pray. Jesus comes back to Peter, and he comes back to the disciples that are sleeping. He said, could you not tarry with me one hour? And he he looks at Peter, and he said, so you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you, Peter, may not enter in temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit may be willing, but your flesh is weak. When it's time to pray, we've got to be praying. When it's time to worship, we've got to be worshiping. When it's time to get in the house of God, we've got to get in the house of God. When, it, when it's time to seek Jesus, we better be seeking Jesus because we all have a flesh and it is all fighting against you. That's right. He was boastful. He could do it. Didn't matter what Jesus said. He argued with Jesus. And now he finds himself sleeping instead of praying. Your spirit is willing, Peter. I know that about you. I wonder how many of us in the room, Jesus would look at us and say, I know your heart, your spirit, it is willing. But I also know your flesh is weak. So the story continues in the garden. They arrest Jesus. 
They haul him away while there, just before they take Jesus away. Peter stands up and again in his pride and his boastfulness and and thinking he knew what was going on, he draws a sword and he cuts the ear off of one of the soldiers that was taking away Jesus. Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. You got this deal all wrong, Peter. You thought we were going to fight this battle with swords. I'm going to the cross. I've been trying to warn you. And he heals the man and they haul Jesus away. The disciples scatter. Except for Peter and another man and another disciple. They follow Jesus But what we find here is the fourth thing that Peter did was Peter followed Jesus from a distance. Peter was close enough to see Jesus, but far enough away to deny him. And I wonder how many of us the same could be said. We see Jesus at a distance. We we, we worship him on Sunday, but we deny him on Friday. We're close enough that We call ourselves friends of God, but we're far enough away that we're falling into temptation. Where are you in your life? Where are you in your life? The only way to follow Jesus is to follow him closely. We can't be Christians that are riding the fence. We can't be Christians that are are hanging out, just trying to decide which way we're going to go. Are you close enough to Jesus to see him, but far enough away to deny him? If that's you today... Make a decision. Because the last thing that Peter did, he's standing outside in the courtyard, and we find Peter warming himself by the enemy's fire. The soldiers and the servants, they built a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were warming themselves that night. And instead of being inside with Jesus, Peter was outside with his enemies. Now I want you to get this. One of the men standing around the fire was a relative of the guy whose ear Peter had just cut off a couple of hours before. When we get too far from Jesus, when we get too much distance between us and Jesus, when pride has entered our heart, we've been arguing, we were sleeping instead of praying, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak, now we find comfort in our enemy. We find comfort in the place that we said we'd never go back to. We find comfort in the sin that we said we'd never revisit. We find comfort in that. I promise you this. If you get too far away from Jesus, when things get difficult, sin will be waiting with what looks like comfort and the perfect solution. Don't get too far from Jesus. Sin looks inviting. Otherwise, we wouldn't call it temptation. When we start to find comfort among our enemies, among those against Jesus, among sin, that's when we are most vulnerable to denying Jesus. Now, let's look at what happened here. Peter and another disciple follow Jesus. They go to, and they end up in this story, outside of the temple of Caiaphas. They're inside talking with Jesus. And the other disciple has an in. He knows somebody, and so he's able to get in and stay close to Jesus and watch what's happening. But Peter doesn't know anyone, so he stays outside by the enemy's fire. 
Now, you know the story. The servant girl comes and Peter denies her uh, knowing Jesus. And then another maid comes and Peter denies knowing Jesus. And then all the disciples, all the other followers out there and the, and the servants, they looked at Peter and said, we know you, your accent gives you away. And Peter started cursing and cussing and just refusing to even look or act like a follower of Jesus. But I want you to go back to that first denial. The first denial happened because a servant girl walked up to Peter and said, aren't you the one who was with Jesus? But consider something you may not have known. There's a disciple inside. We don't know his name, but he was well known enough among the high priests that he had access to get in and watch the trial. The disciple then turns and finds a servant girl. And he said, Peter didn't follow me in. I need you to go outside and get him and tell him he can come on in with me. And this little servant girl is the one who walked outside and said, aren't you Peter? She wasn't trying to call Peter out. She was trying to help Peter get back inside so he could be close to Jesus. And it's at that moment that Peter says, no, I don't know the man. How many times in your life as you started to fall away from Jesus and you looked up and you missed one service and two services and three services and you're starting to fall back into your old habits and your old lifestyle that God has sent someone to you to help you get back and you rebuked them and denied him and you said that pastor just he's just all about the numbers and he just wants me and they just want me because I got to serve in the nursery and that's all they wanted to me to change somebody's diapers and they don't really care about me and we start to push away and we start to deny when Jesus is really trying to send you help. That servant girl wasn't trying to mess with Peter. She was trying to help him back. And I don't know where you are in your life, but if you've gotten away from God today, let me be like the servant girl who is inviting you back to Jesus. The next time you miss a few services and someone calls, don't get mad at them. Don't let that Peter spirit come up in you. Recognize. Thank you, Jesus, for sending one, someone for me that I could get close to you again. You love me enough to, to not let me fall away on my own, but to send me help. Don't curse the servant girl. She's there for you. She's there to help you. Three times Peter denies Jesus. Luke chapter 22, but Peter said, man, I do not know what you were talking about. And immediately, this is the third time he denied him, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. What a moment when Jesus turned and looked at Peter. What a moment when he looked across amongst all that was going on. And he looked right into the eyes of Peter. It was in that moment that Peter knew what he would done. It's in that moment when Jesus looks at us 2,000 years later. And he looks right into our heart. And he looks right into our eyes. And we know that we have denied our Savior. It's the moment of recognition that we realize I've gotten away from him. And it's time to come back. It's on this day that April 5th, 2015, on Easter Sunday, that Jesus is looking at you. Have you denied him? 
What a moment that must have been for Peter. He had sworn he wouldn't do it. He had promised he wouldn't, even if I should die with you. And yet, he had denied Jesus. And we don't find Peter at the cross. We don't find him with his friends. As you saw in the video just a moment ago, you find him all alone while Jesus is being crucified. He was embarrassed. He was broken. But Jesus had said, You will all fail because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. In verse 56, all the disciples fled. You know, Peter thought he was all alone. He thought he had messed up. But all the disciples fled. All the disciples scattered. They were running for their lives, literally. You know what? Peter's story gets all the press. Peter's story is recounted in all four Gospels. Peter's story is the one that you know. Peter is the one that we saw in the movie. Peter, Peter is the one we know about. You know what? The devil uses a tool called isolation. It's a weapon. And he tries to isolate you. And he tries to make you think you're so bad. And you're so horrible. And you, what you did was so wrong. And, and, and no one else knows what you're going through. And no one else has ever experienced it. And no one else has messed up. And all the other disciples, they didn't scatter. And they didn't flee. But in fact, they all fled. They were all offended because of Jesus. They were all scared for their lives. But Peter's story gets all the press because he got himself isolated. And away from his friends. And away from the other disciples. You know what? You need to know something today. Every person in this room, every person sitting on these pews and standing on this stage, including myself, we all have a story. Every one of us. And my story may not have made it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, the, and Channel 6 News. And maybe yours did. Maybe everybody knows how you messed up. Maybe everyone knows about your failure because it was public and, and it was seen and people were talking about it. But that doesn't mean you're the only one that's ever had a problem. That doesn't mean that you're the only one that has a story. All fell away that night. And yet, Jesus made a road back. Jesus said, Peter, you're saying you'll never deny me, but in fact, you'll deny me three times. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. You see, while Peter had messed up, there was something deep inside of him. There was a faith that would not let him go. And it was his faith that brought him back to Jesus. I'm speaking to something on the inside of you, whether you're here or at home. I'm speaking to something deep inside of you, the spirit inside of you. And I'm saying, faith, rise up right now. It is not too late. Your story's not over. Your life is not over. But Jesus is calling you home today. Today. If he could call home Peter... He can call you home. Because you see, here's the thing. While, while Peter may not have been at the cross, he was definitely at the tomb. While he may have missed the moment when Jesus needed him, he was the first one they called when Jesus went missing. And he was a Peter, and Jesus said, go tell Peter to meet me in Galilee. And Jesus is sending word to you today. The deal is still on. The promise I made you, the word I spoke over you, the deal is still on. I know you messed up. I know you denied me. I know you took a wrong turn. I know you went left when you were supposed to go right. I know you left that person and you, you made this mistake. But listen, the deal is still on. And he's sending word to you today. Amen. The deal is still on. 
I love that about Jesus. But Peter had to let his plans die. It wasn't going to happen the way he wanted it to happen. It wasn't going to be a political kingdom. It wasn't going to be a battle fought with swords, but it was going to be a battle fought with faith. Don't let your faith fail. If your dreams seem to be dying, don't worry too long about it because God says to you today, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Sometimes our dream has to die so his plan can come alive. Go back to John chapter 20. I'm about to close. The story of the resurrection. Multiple women came. Mary Magdalene was one. We believe there were somewhere north of uh, five to six women that came to the tomb that morning. Some didn't know what to do, so they just went away and didn't say anything. Mary went running back and found Peter and John, and she brought them back. We see several people at the tomb. Mary Magdalene was quite a lady, but when Jesus found her, the Bible tells us that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. She was a woman who had lost her mind. The world thought she was crazy. She had money and she had position, but she had lost her mind and the world was shunning her. And Jesus spoke to her and told them demons to come out and he healed her. And she began to follow Jesus and provide for his needs. I wonder where Mary Magdalene would have been without the resurrection. She's just a lady who'd lost her mind. We find Mary, the mother of Jesus. Consider Mary, who as a young girl has to come out and tell everyone, I'm pregnant with the Son of God. She was facing shame, she was facing ridicule, and she had lost her name and her honor in the world. And if Jesus dies on the cross, if that were the end, then Mary is a shameful woman. She's a dishonorable woman. Everything she had lived her life was simply for a lie. We find John there. John was a fisherman. But in, under Jesus, John had significance. He had a place. He had a calling. He had a purpose but if the cross was the end of the story, if there was no resurrection, then John would just have to go back to being a fisherman. And he had no future. Then there was Peter. Peter was a failure. Peter was the loud one. He had spoken out. And yet, in the heat of the moment, he had failed. He gave up on Jesus. He denied him. If the cross had been the end, Peter would be nothing more than a failure. But I'm here to tell you something today. The cross was not the end. But there was a tomb, and there was a stone, and it was rolled away. And so Mary Magdalene was not a woman with just who had lost her mind, but through the resurrection, she was a woman who was able to make an impact on the world. Without the resurrection, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had no honor, was full of shame, was, had lived the life of a lie. But Jesus was resurrected. 
Without the resurrection, John had no significance, had no purpose, had no future, but there was a resurrection. Without the resurrection, Peter was just a failure, but there was a resurrection. Who would you be without the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Where would your story end? I was a liar. I was a cheat. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I left my wife. I left my kids. I robbed. I stole. I cheated. I ended up in prison. I had no honor. I had no significance. I had no future. I had no purpose. I had no life. I had no dream. I was just existing from day to day. But for you, your story is not over. Go tell the disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. I want you to know that God sent me here today to tell you that the deal is still on. Maybe you've been denying Jesus. Come back to him today. I want to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head with me for just a moment. If you've fallen away, who knows how you got there? But you found yourself away from Jesus, warming yourself by the enemy's fire, denying him. Come back today. I'm here because God sent me to call you home. And he's looking down from heaven and he's looking right into your heart, right into your soul, right into your spirit. Have you denied Jesus with your life? Do you need to come back to him? Same question for you if you're watching at home. If you want to come back to Jesus today, maybe you've never known Jesus and you want to give your life to Him for the very first time, or maybe you've fallen away. You could have fallen completely out, or you could be that Christian that worships Him on Sunday and denies Him on Friday. Today is a fresh start for you. The deal is still on. All you've got to do is receive the resurrection into your life. If you want to say a simple prayer with me, would you just slip up your hands and I want to lead you back to Jesus. There are hands going up in this room. There are more. There are more. There are more. There are more. If you're watching online, I want to pray with you. All right, you can place your hands down now. and I'm going to ask everyone in the room to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus that he died for me and that he rose from a grave. Forgive me of my sins. I don't want to deny you, but I want to live for you. Give me new life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. You're my Lord, my Savior, and my King. I love you. Amen.